This week on Ultra 64, Nintendo threw a civil war and we're all invited! We're playing Super Smash Brothers! Welcome to Ultra 64. We are the internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are playing a different randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog. And we are down B, punching, uppercut, flippy, flip flip, grab throw off a platform. And my name is Steve Gutley. I am pining for the cape. I am Woody Siskowski. <laughs> we are joined by two special guests uh, because you know what? You can't play Smash Brothers without a full house. So uh, please introduce yourself, special guests, in any order. <laughs> Uh, my name's Keith here, a, a Smash, longtime Smash player. Well, welcome, Keith. Happy to have you. And, and who is this? My name is Jordan, and yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got off to a rollicking start we did thus it. far. We did it. We did Keith it. and Jordan, Keith welcome and Jordan. to Steve's tiny office. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. I, I like uh, the implication that since this was a Nintendo Civil War mm -hmm. in... A hundred years, there will be reenactors in little Mario and Yoshi costumes, <laughs> just swinging big like foam rubber uh, yeah. uh, hammers at each other. I and see uh, this on Broadway. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Smash Brothers on Broadway. That would be the musical. Let's yeah. let's invent musical numbers for this right now. Okay. Number um, one. Uh, <laughs> that entire like forty-five minutes of just that. And that's not an orchestra. That's no, just one that's guy just, alone on stage. That's Mario on stage, just running back and forth. Maybe you can add some harmonies in there with like, it's a little song that plays when you pick up the hand. Yeah. I'm singing it back and forth. I want him to get out of breath and like. Have his his understudy come on. <laughs> That's the whole show. That is That's the whole, whole show. musical. That's it'll all be, I want, and I want it phenomenal. on ice. Yes, on ice. Ooh, yes. Uh, so if you haven't figured it out, we are talking about Super Smash Brothers, which is a game you may have heard of at some point or another in your life. Because I it's... didn't hear about it before tonight. Really? This is your first? Yeah, this first, is your first Smash? First ever. I'm so glad to be your first Smash. Thanks, uh, anytime. Anytime. Uh, so we are going back. Uh, I think everybody has played Smash Brothers in the last couple of years, but maybe you haven't played this one in a long time. I think this is the one that people go back and revisit the least, yeah. which makes sense. This is like... It, it's like the, this is the primordial ooze that this yeah. series came out of. You know, you don't go back and play in the ooze. You know, you, you, I, I don't mean to be denigrating the game. It's a very good game. It's a great game, but yeah, no, it's not it's one just of those ones you're like, hey, now that I've played the brand new version, let's go ahead and go back and play this because for anything other than nostalgia's sake. Yeah, exactly. It holds that nostalgia value for, for me personally. I played this a lot growing up. Um, but now, since I've taken a break from it, gotten so used to Ultimate and Melee and all those newer ones, going back to this, it literally feels like you play in slow motion. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The frames, like every time we would start up a new match, it was like, oh, come on, Samus, move! <laughs> like, uh, like pushing him through molasses. Yeah, yeah, I think, but weirdly, that's like one of the 
biggest and only differences. Like otherwise, this still feels like oh, modern yeah. Smash Brothers. Oh yeah, just it's it's slow, but it still feels like modern it's Smash boiled Brothers. Boiled down to its roots. Like so, they they had the formula down pretty early, which is impressive. Um, before we get into all this Smash Brothers madness, I like to talk <laughs> a little bit about tangentially related things. So I want to talk about crossover fighting games mm. because I feel like that's kind of what every fighting game has become to some degree or another at this yeah. point. But uh, it did not all start with Smash Brothers. Smash was the most popular, but technically the first one uh, was probably Battle Soccer from 1988, oh. um, which brought together Gundam uh, characters, Godzilla, Ultraman, and it has like a soccer game with some fighting game elements. Oh, that was only released this. in Japan. Right. Oh, um, that's why. The first crossover fighting game that came here was uh, the very bizarre Fighters Mega Mix uh, oh, for yes. the Sega Saturn from 1996. That brought together a bunch of characters from different Sega franchises. So you would have uh, characters from Virtua Fighter, Fighting Viper, Sonic the Hedgehog, and my personal favorite, a Daytona racing car. Yeah. <laughs> uh, an unlockable character. It's a car that stands up on its hind legs and punches with its tires, that and it's insane. It's, it's super fun. Daytona Transformer. Yeah, kind of. Not even a Transformer, not a transform. though. Sorry. Like, not, it's like trans- not Transformer. It's just a Daytona racing. car. It's like literally a car standing on its ass, <laughs> like just <laughs> punching uh-huh. with its wheels. And it's great. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, that was kind of meant as a little goofy one-off, but uh, the crossover fighting genre really took off in that same year with X-Men vs. Street Fighter, mm-hmm. which oh. would evolve, of course, into the Marvel vs. Capcom series. Uh, this series, I think, for my money, Marvel vs. Capcom is the best 2D fighter series for me. I mean, uh, uh, your mileage may vary, but for me, like, I think I'm a nice little combination of like somewhat capable and uh, casual button yeah. masher, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I think Marvel vs. Capcom series, especially 2 has that formula perfected for people in my exact skill range. Um, I mean, it's a game that looks so pretty that you can kind of have fun with it even if you're not don't understand the fundamentals exactly. as long as you don't play with anyone who's too good at it because exactly. that game is not very well balanced and it becomes very unfun if you yeah. play against someone who's good with sentinel oh, and just God. like barrages uh, you with missiles and cable my thing uh. was always to get um strider tronbon and cable all on my team mm-hmm. and then save up all my powers and then unleash my superpower attack as all of them do like 50 points of damage each so you just so, get like a free kill yeah basically it's like a free kill so that's nice. the trick with marvel vs capcom uh, but that spawned a whole series of Capcom versus games. So there's like Tatsunoku versus Capcom. There's Capcom versus SNK. And then there are others that were inspired by this. So uh, Tekken X Street Fighter, um, which I've never really played. But And then it's also called Street Fighter X Tekken, depending I, on which fran- uh, platform you play. I remember when that happened, yeah. I mostly remember it because it has uh, original fat Mega Man. Like the the original box art Mega Man. Oh, is, is, one of the characters. That's his that's character wow. in that. He has that model. Wow. Um, it's weird that there was never like a Capcom versus the world or something right. where they took like on SNK and like so a couple characters from SNK and a couple from like a couple anime characters and a couple comic book characters. Guilty but, Gear. Yeah. yeah, different things like that. Um, it would really complement Smash Brothers well since it's such a different type of thing. Yeah, right. yeah, it really would. But, I mean, now, like I said, like, most fighting games are crossovers of some kind. So, like, the Soul Calibur series, they have their set of characters, but they're always bringing in guest stars, whether it's Geralt or Darth Vader or Link or Mm -hmm. everybody. And the Injustice series has, like, Hellboy and uh, the Ninja Turtles in it, you know? Was Kratos in a Soul Calibur? Was he in Mortal Kombat? Uh, Soul Calibur. Was Was he in Soul Calibur? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mortal Kombat's got, like, Jason Voorhees now and Alien vs. Predator. Right. All these other just bizarre 
I think it's in keeping with like the horror yeah. theme of of Mortal Kombat, or at least the grotesque theme. Like I haven't played with uh, uh, Leatherface in Mortal Kombat, but I, you can see him fitting in very well oh, in that oh, series. Yeah. Oh yeah, a guy who wears a face made of faces. Uh, he's he's uh, very <laughs> Mortal. Kombat. I was. I'm still baffled that we have never gotten a Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat. Right. But after all this time, those were the two games. Like it was you, you're a Street Fighter kid or a Mortal Kombat kid, you know, and. Uh, not to have that crossover seems like I a big thing. I think the reason for that is, and my guess is, um, like the idea was with, with these other companies that became like the Marvel versus, or the Capcom versus fighting games, yeah. like they were fine adapting Capcom's fighting game system. Right. But if Mortal Kombat's like, uh, I guess we'll use the Street Fighter system, mm-hmm. it's essentially they've given up and been like, Street Fighter's the better fighting game. Yeah. They're like, okay. We can put Ryu in our game if you use the Mortal Kombat system, but they just couldn't quite decide on that. It's hard to balance that out, and oh. I don't know. There'd well, that's a- why there was a Street Fighter X Tekken and a Tekken X Street Fighter, depending yeah. on which style of game you wanted to play. And honestly, I, I barely ever played any of Tekken, so yeah. I don't really know what end of the fighting game spectrum that Te- one falls on. Tekken is a good a good series of games, but mm-hmm. it feels very technical, and it doesn't quite have the same technical. level. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Does not have the same level of flash and memorable characters that sort of these other fighting game franchises do. Yeah, the only character I ever know is Heihachi because he gets put into everything. Like yeah, for some reason, man. Hey, Heihachi is the character everyone cares about from <laughs> Tekken. So I guess yeah, that's fine. I dabbled in Tekken Seven recently oh, and yeah. um, beat it without realizing what was ever going on. Oh, <laughs> I just I just kept going and skipping the cutscenes, smash the buttons, um, fight the battle. Did not have a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could imagine. I think Tekken 7 is on um, uh, Game Pass right now. Yeah, on Xbox, well, that's so exactly that's why I can, played it. Yeah, 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 there you go. Well, let's get into this game. Uh, Super Smash Brothers was released April 26, 1999, developed by Nintendo and HAL Laboratories and published by Nintendo. And this was also released on that weird-ass IQ player, the handheld thing that China had that we uh, talk about sometimes. Huh. Um so HAL Laboratories, and we've talked about HAL once before a million years ago when we talked about Pokemon Snap. Mm. Uh, but as a refresher, the company was founded in 1980, and it's never officially been like a part of Nintendo, but they've pretty much worked exclusively as like a second party Nintendo company. Uh, the cro- this like close Game Freak or something? Kinda, yeah. yeah. They're, they're technically independent, or like, yeah. Uh, the close relationship was forged in the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, HAL released a series of kind of well-crafted, low-grade hits for the Famicom and NES, but they were facing bankruptcy, so Nintendo helped them out on the condition that uh, uh, HAL Labs employee Satoru Iwata had to be made president of that company. And they liked him so much they made him president of Nintendo uh, mm-hmm. after his, his stint there, so mm-hmm. good dude. Um, good job. The company calls itself HAL because each letter is one before IBM. So it's just them flexing. It's H-A-L is right before (laughs) IBM. I always wondered. Yeah, they just wanted to put, like, they just wanted to be ahead in the phone book, which I think (laughs) dates the company very much. But they just wanted to be ahead in the phone book. Um, The company's first title was a Famicom exclusive called Eggerland, which was a really cool, like, top-down action puzzle that was released over here as The Adventures of Lolo, uh, which was a series I loved as a kid. I think we rented it once, and I got obsessed with Lolo. And those are still very unique games. They're, like, they're some of the most intense puzzle games you'll ever play. Like, it's all about very specific timing, and you will die. <laughs> There's a suicide button in that game. <laughs> when kill, you get stuck. When you get stuck and you need like, to kill yourself. <laughs> so it's pretty intense. They made three of those on the NES. They're all pretty great. Uh, I would say check them out. Um, 
Yeah, but uh, the company would earn its reputation on a different little adorable ball, uh, and that would be Kirby, uh, which we will talk about later in a different Kirby game. But Kirby's Dreamland uh, was released in Game Boy in 1992, and that proved to be a really huge hit. It spawned several sequels and spin-offs. Uh, the company also produced the all-time great RPG Earthbound for the Super NES. Which oh, I is, didn't know that they had produced that. They nice. did, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think the, the N64 is where the company really blew up because they had this, they had the uh, Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Stadium, and uh, uh, I think a few others as well. But yeah. Well, the Kirby game. The Kirby game, yeah, yeah. So they really blew up on the N64. Um, Do you guys remember the commercial for Smash Brothers? Like that that came out when they were hyping up the game. It's, I didn't. I didn't just, watch too much TV as a kid. So I, I do vaguely. It has these the characters from the game in sort of these big oversized bodysuits. Like it's people clearly in costumes, and they're playing the turtles happy together. Mm-hmm. And oh, then it yes. sort of cuts back, oh, wow. and they just start and they're sort of skipping through these flower fields. Oh, and word. then they just start beating on each other <laughs> for no explanation. Oh, I remember. And it's that. very bizarre. It's it looks corny but also not fun like <laughs> well like, yeah like I, I wasn't entirely sure what they were going for with that but the, the tagline I, maybe on that it was, was something's gone wrong in the land of nintendo okay maybe uh, it was taken off of uh weren't those weird crash bandicoot commercials that were kind of similar things oh right where he had or, the human face inside the teeth like yeah he's the guy wearing the oversized suit yeah yeah maybe. uh i don't know if they were doing those yet were they doing those at this time i don't i, I mean this would have yeah this when yeah, did this game been. this game came out fairly ninety nine. I guess they've been yeah. doing those yeah. crash ads since the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it could be a riff on that or it's just like an attempt to add a little bit of edge to it because right. I don't know if you guys remember the reputation around this game before it came out was kinda toxic. Yeah. Like everyone was sure this was gonna suck. Uh for fighting game people, it looked like it was too casual mm-hmm. or too childish. Or and for Nintendo people, they didn't really like the idea of their favorite characters hitting each other. Um, so I remember talking about it with friends and just thinking, oh, man, that thing's going to be terrible. And then you see the box art. And it's like, <laughs> it, it looks like a third grader won a contest to draw Mario it, characters. It's, it's Nintendo, so probably a third grader won a contest. <laughs> it's entirely possible, but it, it just, it looks like it's for babies uh, looking right at the box. So, like, I really didn't know what this was. But after the game had come out and I started hearing great things about it, like, I asked for it for Christmas. And so this was one of the handful of N64 games I had growing up. And I played the hell out of it. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Did y'all? What was y'all's first experience with uh, Smash? Do you recall? I rented it every opportunity I could. Um, it, it was it was always like a treat when my parents were like, "All right, we could rent a video game." Like I had a friend over or something, and like regardless of what my friend wanted to do, I was renting Super Smash Brothers. Oh yeah. Because even after they left, I would still have the game and I could play it. Man, I rented crap. I'm just thinking about this. Like people talk about these good games that I rented Gex, Blasto, and Shadowgate. These are the games I remember renting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I went on to rent uh, Elder Scrolls Morrowind on the Xbox. Yeah, that's a game you can beat in a weekend. That was, that was a big learning that's experience. Casual. That's super casual game. Um, but no, every chance I could, I was renting it, playing it. I would sit down and practice. Like in slow motion, it was my favorite game for many years. 
I went to a Magic the Gathering camp. This is my memory in uh, in Seattle. This was last weekend. Yeah, no, I wish, man. It doesn't happen anymore. It was at Wizards of the Coast. They had this awesome store in Seattle with like giant minotaurs and a big mech warrior. Like everyone was in the pods, individual pods, you know, play mech warrior. Anyway, they had like a week long camp here where you'd go to the bottom of the store and just play Magic. But there was also a big TV set up, and people were just playing Smash Brothers constantly. Yeah. And that's when I learned to hate the Kirby down B. Oh, um, yeah. Because there was always someone who that was their whole strategy is you fly up and you down B. And it's you can cancel it. You can counter it by running and grabbing the person. Um, I don't know. But it was still very annoying. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I feel was like that guy. Kirby, I was that down B guy. I, yeah. Probably based on the fact that like Kirby was an Awata creation mm-hmm. um, and how Laboratories developed this, I think they put a little more power in Kirby than oh. maybe he needed. He's, yeah. he's definitely like the star of the series. If you look at Ultimate, like the story mode in Ultimate, Kirby's your protagonist. Yeah. Like, he's the only one who survives the he apocalypse. Yeah, that he kind of runs fucking away. I was yeah. like, okay, whoa, we're breaking into some new grounds here. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, my first experience with it, I believe, um, is when I visited my older brother when he was over at college and he had the, he had taken the 64 with him over to college, I think. Bastard. Was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't care too much because a bike was a PlayStation kid. Oh, so well, you're like, a bastard. Get out of here. Fine, bye. <laughs> um, but no, and he had gotten it, and so we spent literally just an entire weekend just camped out in his apartment playing everything from from Mario the Smash Brothers to to one of the Pokemons. Mm, but yeah. mostly it was just Smash Brothers. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. I, I We played this a lot, a lot. And I, I don't know. So let's go into a little bit of the history of how this game was developed. Uh, so this game was developed by Matsuhiro Sakurai, who is, I'm, I'm butchering that name, I apologize. <laughs> he was the president of HAL at the time. He's going to um, write in. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be like, I heard your show, Steve. Uh, oh, really? I was going to make you the next character in the DLC, Damn but it. now you mispronounce my name. <laughs> but now, now I'm going to sue you. <laughs> Nobody the will never see my egg-laying move. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows I do that. Um... So uh, Sakurai, he he knew he wanted to make a four-player fighting game, but he didn't really know what it was going to be. So he had his team kind of developing a very generic fighting prototype. It was called Dragon King the Fighting Game. Wow. (laughs) Not to be confused with all the other Dragon King games that we know and love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't want to confuse a Dragon Game, this real-time strategy, Dragon King the uh, Cooking Mama knockoff. Yeah, Dragon King the coffee stand simulator. (laughs) Dragon King farming. (laughs) Farming for dragons. <laughs> uh, before a pitch meeting to Nintendo, though, uh, Sakurai's co-worker, who a future Nintendo president, Satoru Iwata, convinced him to swap out the boring generic characters with classic Nintendo ones to kind of add a unique flair to the pitch meeting. They didn't actually intend to make like a big Nintendo character crossover fighting game, but when Nintendo saw what they had with their little characters in place, that's what they wanted. Yeah. Um, Shigeru Miyamoto needed uh, some convincing uh, because... And if you know about Miyamoto at all, he's a very peace-loving kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, likes to make games like gentle and and uh, kind and for everybody. And happy. And happy. And he's also, I imagine, was is fairly controlling with his characters. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, as as he should be. Yeah, yeah. All, most of the characters in this game are his. <laughs> so uh, you can understand why he was protective. But I think once he got assurances that this wasn't going to be violent and that this had kind of a kinder spirit than most fighting games. Do you think that that was the origin of... Because this game, more than the future Smash games, really puts an emphasis on showing that these are toys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the later Smash Brothers, that doesn't 
I guess it kind of comes up when they sort of transform into amiibos and things like that. Right. But in this, like, that's the first thing you see is, like, a little Mario doll, kind of like the beginning of Toy Story, just yeah. sort of laying there and then sort of flopping its way to life. Um, Seeing it again this time, that really looked like the room from Toy Story. Yeah. yeah. It really did. Like, it was the same desk in front of the window and everything like that. And so. Mario even kind of splays out the same way that Woody, like, falls yeah. in Toy Story. Yeah, yeah. This is the only time they're ever seen as plush characters, so I think that makes them a little more soft and cuddly too yeah. Uh, but yeah this this game was not entirely uh, unique at the time uh, developers they still deny it officially but an early inspiration for this game was a Japanese exclusive called the Out Foxies <laughs> um, this game it was released in arcades in 1995 it's a multiplayer 2D fighting game and it, like I saw some videos of it and all of your characters in there are like highly trained assassins. One of them is a chimpanzee named Dweeb. Whoa! And uh, you all have guns, and you all have fights, and you have weapons that generally appear. And the the this game camera sounds sweet. It sounds awesome. Oh, seriously, it, the camera moves in and out like it like it does in Smash Brothers, depending on how far away you get from each other. It's the same kind of layout. Huh. So it's it's uh, influenced by that. That was kind of a flop over in Japan, though. So uh, well, we should get it here. <laughs> Yeah, we should get it. I, I mean, find yeah. it. I, I will find the outfoxes. Import, import an arcade machine. Exactly. Google dweeb. <laughs> dweeb the chimpanzee with a gun. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think, like I said, there was a lot of uh, reticence about this game before it came out. I think Nintendo Power did like this big two-page spread where it really, really looked like a baby game, and people were not feeling it. And then that goofy commercial came out, and people were just like, "What the fuck is this?" But it caught on. Uh, mm-hmm. Once it got out there and people got their hands on it, it caught on. This was a big, big hit. This is the fifth best-selling game on the Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. Sold roughly 5.5 million copies. That puts it just below Ocarina of Time and just been a- above another HAL game, Pokemon Stadium. And, yeah, again, dude, this game is fairly expensive. This is like a $50 game still. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, again, just shows sort of the level of devotion that people have to this series and the strong nostalgia that people want to play this game. And That's I, the weird thing about Nintendo. Like, Nintendo games never get put on uh, sale. They never really lose their value. I yeah. will say... Um, even though this game feels very different and dated than sort of the other Smash Brothers game, mm-hmm. it is, I do feel like that gives it a little more feeling to go back to because like I'm more likely to go back and play this one than I might be Brawl mm. or um, Smash Brothers 4. Like those games, just because those feel just like inferior versions of Ultimate, whereas this feels like a whole different weird thing. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, I think it's it's uh, the core of Smash Brothers is very much still there. Uh, it's just, yeah, like I said, just kind of slow and uh, uh, chunky. But mm-hmm. And everybody's very pointy. Donkey Kong, especially, we were oh, noticing, yeah. is all like, he it, looks like a pyramid head from Silent Hill. Like, they're very big, chunky polygons. Even as the giant Donkey Kong, <laughs> yeah. it's like they just scaled them up. They He's didn't. Like, yeah, they we're going to smooth it out. We're just going to make him big and blocky. Yeah. So I think a large contributor to both the sort of initial backlash in this game and sort of its lasting success is basically like the design decisions that are put yeah. here. If this is this is a two this is a two button game, basically, like which is yeah. crazy when you think of like Street Fighter Two, which was like the most influential fighting game, is a six button game. Um, and all these you, very complicated combo yeah, presses Yeah, ex- exactly. Like Mortal Kombat's a six-button game, and it's just like this. They're just like, you know what? We're going to simplify it. Each character only has three special moves, and they're all performed the same way for each character. And yeah. so this idea of like, oh, there's no special moves to learn, or like... 
you only have one attack button. Like, where's the skill here, I'm sure, is what sort of made people hesitant about this game. Yeah. And then you sort of realize that, oh, maybe what's fun about fighting games is not memorizing a bunch of button combinations, Mm -hmm. but just being able to, like, respond to what the other person is doing. And And it's kind of got a build-your-own-combo kind of vibe to it, where you're... You're chaining them together in whatever order you mm-hmm. want. And so, yeah, so it, it uh, caters to button mashers and uh, strategians as well. Strategian. Continuous accruing of percentage and damage and juggling. And the more damage you do, the farther they fly. And just yeah. To, yeah. And this game is probably one of the... I mean, I don't think any Smash Brothers game is all that fun to play with someone who's fantastic at it. <laughs> but this one is one yeah. of the least fun because you can just get locked very easily into oh, positions yeah. you can't escape from until oh, you die. Yeah. yeah, I learned early on that I suck at this original Smash Brothers <laughs> now. Uh, this is uh, You're perfectly competent at other Smash Brothers. Perfectly fine. We've played other Smash yeah. before. People know I can I can do it. But uh, here, not so much. I just I couldn't Smash. Going back to the basics, your yeah. Smash game is off. It, my Smash game game is off when I and when it gets too old it's, it's <laughs> off yeah it, it happens to all of us get too old way too long I know. <laughs> uh let's talk a little bit about the story so we have uh we don't really have any kind of official story in this like we said there's definitely a toy story element I always read Master Hand as being like the person playing with the toys I, it yeah. definitely reads that way especially because at the end of the single player game where you sort of beat Master Hand, it sort of pans away out of the room and it's like whoever's hand that was is now leaving. And there's definitely like footsteps in the camera. Yeah, like you, you can see. hear it and yeah. then like the door closes. Yeah. And that's where it like essentially cuts to black is but the door closing. That makes it complicated. Like the one player mode, you're supposed to end by killing Master Hand. So it's just like <laughs> you're supposed to kill God? Is that yeah, what this game yeah. is telling well, us? I mean, I guess the kid you're essentially playing as is putting himself in the shoes of like Mario so he's like I gotta defeat this I, ha- I have hand, I have never played with hand. an action figure and had it attack my yeah. hand all, all, <laughs> I, all, I, all I can see is somebody holding their, their action figure and it's like no and just beating it against their hand like yeah there I, mean, I won and if, then if my done. action figures could have attacked me they would have yeah because you made them do some horrible things I was melting them in the backyard oh, with yeah. a magnifying <laughs> glass we were, me and my brothers were the kids who were strapping on like the M80s to oh, the God. figures and like putting them in the yeah did you guys re- have like a moment in your life where you became unable to play with action figures due to like self-consciousness? Like, I think it was, I was like, maybe like 14. Mm. And I it, it sort of all evolved. Like, it, when I was younger, like, I used to just be able to play with them anywhere. And then it got to the point I could only play with them when, like, my parents weren't around. Okay. Um, or, like, we were on a different floor or something. And then it got to the point where I would just be embarrassed for myself. Yeah. To, like, be sitting there and being like, all right, I'm going to make up a story for mm. these guys. That was, was, like, a sad time. Yeah, like that's a sad yeah. realization a that bummer. you're like, yeah, oh, think, my imagination doesn't work anymore. I think it's right about at that that same time that 13, 14 hitting middle school puberty and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm sitting in my room playing by myself. You look like you're milking a cow. Right <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he would do. Is, that's what Jordan would do with his action is, figures. He had a cow my, action exactly. figure. Exactly. I had a cow action figure and a sheep action figure. And, and he I just made Spawn milk them all. Exactly. <laughs> Spawn milk the cow. Todd McFarlane's 
spawn, spawn on the farm. Exactly. It's a brand new game. It's in development. <laughs> Todd McFarlane's Spawn Ranch. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but some people definitely have an idea of what this story would be. In fact, the longest piece of written fiction in the world is a Smash Brothers fan fiction. No, uh, it's called... My. The Subspace Emissary World's Conquest. It was written by a 21-year-old student uh, who goes by the name Aura Channeler Chris. And it runs 3.5 million words. So, (laughs) for context, an average book is between 60 and 90,000 words. Uh, The longest printed novel is Marcel Proust's In Search of Lost Time, which is a seven-volume novel that's 1.2 million words. The King James Bible has about 700,000 words. And uh, if you want to be specific for our context, it would take six infinite jests to, okay. uh, to make it to the length of this. Oh, my. So I think we fan found fiction. our next podcast, right? Is I reading this fan fiction. Reading through this. Th- like, it can't be good, right? Oh, well, it can I mean, be. By no way it's good. And also, like, the uh, I, I read an interview with the guy who wrote it, and he's, uh, he's from Mexico originally, lives in the States now, and he was kind of using this project to help him learn English as okay. well. So it's probably, I mean, I'm sure it gets better as it goes. You can see the progress. Absolutely fantastic. We need to get our hands on it. I want to. I want to print it out. Yes. (laughs) Somebody needs to read it and, like, condense it and, like, rewrite it or something. Yeah. I'm Uh, curious because it's it's taking, so the Subspace Emissary was the single-player mode of Smash Brothers Brawl. Uh, and so this is kind of expanding off of that. But the idea is that every character in the game has its own story. Right. So as they keep adding characters to the game, it keeps expanding. I don't know if it's still being worked on, hmm. but yeah, it is. Still, it, is it does still hold, hold the record. Uh, longest thing ever written. <laughs> nice. So, that's incredible. Yeah, that's kind of amazing to me. Um, all right, let's talk Smash 101. Who wants to try and describe this game as if no one has ever heard of it? Like, how would you describe this game to somebody who had never heard of Smash Brothers? Like, what does it play like? Ouch. So, you're, you're in a. It's an arena fighter. Yes. You, the goal is to knock. Think of think of it as a wrestling game where the goal is to wear someone down until they are easy to knock off, and um, all of the moves are very simple. Yes. Yeah. So, you have uh, you have a floating platform, and uh, your goal isn't to punch your guy to death. It's to knock them off the stage in one of the four directions. You can knock them off. And the higher the percentage damage it is, the easier it is to knock them off. Uh, you have your A button, which is your basic attack. B button, which is your special attack. They can all be modified with up and down. All the C buttons are your jumps, as well as just pressing up on the uh, control stick. And you have a very basic grab move. Where you oh, can, yeah. Uh, That's Z. Yeah, yeah, you can grab and you have a little shield. basic shield as well. Yes. All right, so I guess it's not technically a two-button game. Eh, I guess, but yeah. I guess. It's two, it's you have two attacks. You basically two attacks, yeah. I mean, I forget that that grapple and shield are there a lot of yeah. the, the, no, the, the, I, no, I don't think I, I grappled, grappled or shield the entire time. The we throw, the grapple in this game is far more powerful than any of the other Smash games. Like, yeah. It definitely got nerfed in it, the later ones. It's very, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the... Before we talk about the multiplayer, we should talk about the single-player mode a little bit, because I think this is the... Probably, maybe, I don't know, debatably the weak part of this oh, original Smash yeah. Brothers. Yeah, I mean, considering this game only has two parts, yeah. like, yeah, yeah there's and no it's, question. It's not uh, It's not really fair to compare this to what it would become mm-hmm. later on, but it does feel weird to go back to original Smash Brothers and see, like, we we saw everything this game has to offer in less than an hour while we were oh, playing. Yeah. We, we sampled every mode, uh, 
And I mean, the, the, yeah, you know, the skill, the the joy of this game comes in replaying and trying right. to unlock everything. But there isn't even that much stuff to unlock. No, you you start. Um, there's eight characters here. Yeah. And then you get four more by unlocking. And to do that, you basically play through this over one player mode. Over, uh, and <laughs> over and over. Yeah, yeah, but being as it's the only yeah. one player mode in the game, that's not too bad. Yeah. And this mode is always the same regardless of what character you choose. Right. So first you just fight Mario. That's like your vanilla stage. And then you fight the Yoshi team. Yeah, um, always which, fun. Which is always fun because it's so sad. Like the Yoshis are just kind of <laughs> peacefully walking around their island. They don't even attack you. No. And then you just sort of one punch, you just start knocking them all over the place. And, and there's happy music playing. Yeah, like some da, 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 da. space warrior with a gun for an arm comes to your happy little island and starts kicking your whole family in the face like yeah and then there are, it's, it's so it's 14 levels it's interspersed with three little um uh mini game mm -hmm. sections Bonus so there's, levels. yeah there's like those a, are i guess what give the story mode i guess you call it classic mode it's flares each bonus level is different depending on what character you're playing. Right. Against. So even though like you're running through the same thing every time, you get those little bits of freshness in between and you can go back and speed run them, beat your, beat your old times. I think this is, th that's actually the thing that I miss the most in newer Smash Brothers from this one, is so you have three bonus um, games. One is called Break the Targets, where you're gonna just run and kick targets by jumping in the air. Um, but they're always placed in such a way that you have to use your specific mm -hmm. character's abilities. Mm -hmm. Whereas in, there's nothing like that in the new Smash Bros. The second one is you jump on platforms, which really is pretty much the same as breaking targets, but there's no attack needed. And the third mini game, I think is the same for all the characters where you just run to an exit. Yeah, uh. yeah, that's, that one's not terribly exciting either. But, yeah. uh, and then it culminates, you, you had a couple weird battles, you'll have to fight one metal character, and then the polygon team, which is just 30 different randomly shaped polygons. Giant King Kong. Giant King Don uh, Donkey Kong. Don that one. <laughs> That's regular size King Kong. That's regular size. Yeah. Giant, giant, giant Donkey Kong. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, the one-player mode gets a little repetitive, but really the joy of this game is the multiplayer experience. Let's talk about the characters in this yes. game. because uh, That's really, I mean, that's, that's the essential, the, right? That's the essential. Where do you think this game... W would have landed had they just had all created new characters. Like if it was just oh. Dragon King and you had a bunch of sword guys and it some guys. Nothing. Yeah, it would never. It, it would have never have been. I think it would be one of those games people talk about. Like, oh man, Dragon King on the N64 was so great, but no one played yeah. it. Like yeah. that would be one of the little uncovered gems it that we would find. It would have been, been like Blast Core level. Kind of. I mean, yeah. If it's, it's just lost the in the the annals of of Nintendo's. Annals. Annals. Lost right up their Lost annals. Lost right up the that's, that's my new. That's my new fan fiction. It's called Nintendo's Annals. <laughs> uh, so the original game's lineup here seems completely anemic compared to what it would go yeah. on to be. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have 12 fighters. Eight of them are available at the beginning. Uh, that's Mario, Donkey Kong, Link, Pikachu, Yoshi, Samus, Fox, and Kirby. The other four can be unlocked, so you can get Jigglypuff by beating Classic Mode once as any character. Uh, you get Luigi by beating the target test in one-player mode with all eight original characters. You get Ness from Earthbound when you beat classic mode on normal difficulty with only with three lives and no continues. And he's the hardest one to get, I think. And then you get Captain Falcon by beating uh, classic mode in under 20 minutes. Okay. Which is, you can set it to easy That's and do that pretty easy. quickly. So um, that is a very small roster of characters, mm -hmm. but there's not really like any character that I think is like missing. You know what I mean? Like, if no. you're saying, like, who are the core Nintendo characters, 
you get Mario, you you, you meet Mario, Link, Samus, DK, like mm-hmm. everything else is Fox. Yeah. Everything else, Kirby, like you just you don't need a whole lot more. And well, like I think they had a good balance of different types. Like you had Donkey Kong who is your heavy, mm-hmm. you have Fox who is your light and fast, and the like everything in between, like you have some more floaty characters. So like even though they all kind of control the same there was those slight differences. Yeah. Maybe um, like, I mean, maybe Bowser would have been at home here, but also Beach, I don't... Yeah, they need some women. We only have yeah. Samus. Yeah. yeah, this is before... Um, there's no there's no villains in this game, right? Yeah. No, no, not really. Just, uh, and uh, I, I, something I else noticed is that there aren't, uh, with the exception of like maybe Luigi, there really aren't any clone characters mm-hmm. in this one. Everybody plays pretty uniquely. Mm-hmm. And as the series would go on, they'd pad out the roster, but you'd get like Falco and Fox yeah. who are identical and yeah. things like that. So so that's something they have going for it. I mean, I would say Luigi in this plays more similarly to Mario than he does in the rest of the series. Yeah, they kind of definitely. made him his own thing after a while. I think the real breakout of this series was Kirby uh, because Hal was pushing him. Uh, and I think... This is where Kirby kind of went much more mainstream. Like, Dreamland was pretty popular, and his SNES games are pretty popular, but Kirby's adorable in this game, <laughs> and he's a powerhouse, and he's got some of the most unique movesets. Like, his recovery. He can oh, just yeah. fly oh, yeah. back to the stage. Oh, you God. get knocked off, and you're just like, bloop. Yeah. <laughs> just like that. That's the sound he makes. That's three sounds. He bloops three he, times. He bloops three times, and then he's there. It's fine. <laughs> Ooh, we need a blooper in this game, like the uh, the squid from... <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, we need bloop. that guy. Bloop. Um... Yeah, but he, he was kind of the star of this game. And one of my favorite things as a kid was uh, using his swallow ability where yes. you suck somebody in and then you press down and you poop them out and then you take their hat. <laughs> take their hat and get their powers. Yeah, it's it's super cute. And it's always like seeing uh, Kirby in the little Donkey Kong outfit is fucking adorable. <laughs> or just wearing this oversized Captain Falcon helmet that covers his entire yeah. body. Like, it's so charming. And they've continued that. So it's still something I enjoy doing. Like, it's great seeing him with Cloud Stripes hair in Ultimate or, like, you know, making oh, yeah. him swallow Banjo-Kazooie. Actually, oh, shit, I haven't done that yet. Oh, Ooh. yeah, I haven't seen that one. Tonight. Tonight, <laughs> I will Tonight swallow Banjo-Kazooie. Swallow Banjo. <laughs> I was going to say, he's, he's also in Ultimate. He's really, he's really cute when he swallows Bayonetta. Oh, yeah, yeah, he gets it's a little the beehive. Big, little ponytail thing. Yeah, it's yes, oh, my God. Um, so... General question uh, for the Smash players in here. Who is your main, like, overall in the entire series, and then who would you say is your main in this game? And has that remained consistent at all? Oh, goodness. Uh, I think it's Donkey Kong in this game. Okay. Um, And it's probably remained pretty consistent. In Melee, I like to play as Mario the Mm -hmm. most. Um, I don't like playing as Mario in this because you do not have that cape, which is big fun. Oh, that's another... Big change in later games is oh. those games would give you a forward B attack. Right. For all the characters, this you just have regular B. So everyone shoot down one special move here. Which was uh, throwing me, definitely, yeah. because I've just kind of gotten used. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I'm, I'm trying to do these special smash attacks. But yeah, I just find DK very satisfying to play as with those big punches. I mean, Mario for me was basically the best character in this original game. I think he's got that down B attack where he spins and does yeah. a lot of damage, and then that up B mm-hmm. attack with the, the coin punch. Uh, and he just never felt quite the same to me. I agree he's good in Melee, and then after that, they replace his down beat with that flight Oh, I hate, system, I hate I, the flight. I hate it. I hate First it. off, that move sucks. Second yeah. off, why are you reminding me of Super Mario Sunshine? That, you know, we <laughs> try to put that one in yeah. behind us. We try not to think about that one. Um, how about you guys? My original would be Kirby. 
Real with your Kirby. Was I was your guy? I was a Kirby original. That Were you a down B stomper? I was a down B stomper. Yes. I have no shame in that <laughs> because that helped me win, which was very important to me at the time. Um, it's relatively stayed the same. There've been a couple of characters that have been released over the over the course of of the years. Um, with Ultimate, it is probably. Uh, I believe I think it's Robin from the oh, from the Fire Emblem series. Interesting pull. Yeah, I haven't yeah. played with Robin much, but th- that one definitely feels different from the Fire Emblem There's characters. There's so many characters in Ultimate that I yeah, I'm it, always changing who uh, I like to play as. Yeah. Enough with the sword characters. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, they've, they've added way too many. They have another sword. Yeah. Another sword, and this character oh, has a sword what, and a whip. Fire Emblem character. Again. I, I I love me some Fire Emblem. And even yeah, I mean, like, I do yeah, too. Yeah, but like they yeah. they can pull so many other ones yeah. other good names who I can't name right now <laughs> there's so many other good ones that I don't know I'm sure know. you all listening are saying this one and this, this one and yeah. you're right you are, you are absolutely right um, that one yes no matter who you suggest it would have been better exactly <laughs> for me though uh, the this original smash I definitely mained as Link okay um, I felt like he his sword was powerful enough with a smash attack you can constantly be throwing your boomerang at short distance long distance then you could couple with your bomb so you could edge guard really nice um and he just felt he, he clicked with me the most Mr. No um, More Sword Guys over here yeah. playing with the sword guys. The, OG the, OG sword sword the guy. one yeah. sword guy in this game. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah the others are just copycats and fakers. Exactly. <laughs> um, and in the future smashes, uh, I leaned more towards into Young Link. Uh, oh, yeah. Just because he, he's so fast and the amount of damage he can put out and be able to finish off the enemy. He's not the best finisher, but. It, like his DPS is insane <laughs> yeah. in the newer games. Oh, I um, love like Toon Link and uh, a Young Link and doing that little pogo move on his head. <laughs> it's so irritating. Yeah, but I think Young Link definitely overtook Adult Link in these newer games. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some of the stages we have here because again, this is another very sparse selection mm-hmm. compared to what we're used to. Mm-hmm. There are only 12 stages here. Uh, three of them are exclusive to one player, and one of them needs to be unlocked, so oh, it's pretty limited. Weird. Okay. Uh, the stages include Peach's Castle, which uh, I, I pulled the Japanese title because it's In the Sky of Castle Peach. I like that <laughs> one better. I think that's kind of pretty. Yeah. Um, Congo Jungle, which here it's spelled with a, a C, but in later games it'll be spelled with a K, like it should be. Like uh, Hyrule Castle, Planet... Okay, I always say Zebus. I guess you guys say Zebes. I or... thought it was Zebes. But I don't I think I've ever said it out Zebes. loud. Zebes. 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 How's it spelled? Z-E-B-E-S. Zebes? Zebes, yeah. That, that, that to hmm. my brain would say that's pronounced Zebes. 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 How do you pronounce the name of your planet? Where are you from? Um, so we also get Yoshi's Island, Kirby's Dreamland, Sector Z from Star Fox, and Saffron City from Pokemon. Uh, mm-hmm. Mushroom Kingdom is a 2D rendition of the first level of Mario Brothers. You need to unlock that by beating one-player mode with every character and playing on all versus stages at least once. So there's no uh, Earthbound level and there's no F-Zero level. No, no, they got uh, and no Yoshi or uh, uh, Jigglypuff level. Well, I guess Sa- I mean you Saffron. can multitask yeah. on the yeah. Pokemon. That's one, true. But. That's true. Same with the Luigi one. Yeah. So. But uh, later on, the F-Zero levels would be, like, some of my favorite, like the F-Zero. And, uh, well, and you the, get the, the, you get the F-Zero too. music, which yeah. is always which welcome, is which is great music. Oh, yeah. And at least in the later ones. Yeah. Uh, I grew to hate those stages. <laughs> that would 
like the F Zero one, for oh, example, yeah. or the Zebes, hmm. where like the lava would rise or like things would shift. I just want to smash. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. want to have to like avoid flying cars coming at me or like oh stay on the map because it's moving now. We, like, we, we've had see we've had this discussion a lot, and that's sort of. Um, a very core like smash disagreement of mm-hmm. like how do you play smash where because mm-hmm. this game does have an item switch yeah. which yes. i think you mm-hmm. might actually have to unlock as a setting um where and some people are like i don't want to play with items i only want to play the very bland stages right. and to me this game sort of loses all its fun on that on that level or at least quite a bit of it mm-hmm. i don't mind playing the newer ones that style as much since there's so much else going on yeah but these games just feel it feels so slow in that style mm-hmm. but that's not to say that people don't still play this game there is still a competitive scene for this game but yeah. it's it's sort of for the people who are the real smash hipsters <laughs> the real weirdos yeah, yeah the real smashers you know who you are yeah. weirdos um i you yeah, yeah, these these stages are noticeably stationary compared yeah. to what the series would oh, become. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I personally, I like all the chaos of the moving stages and the transitioning changes. Just like it just hits my nerd bone just right and keeps you on your feet. Uh, but these are nice. These are very simple. Uh, mostly pretty small. I think Hyrule Castle is our biggest one mm-hmm. here, and even that's pretty small compared to what Hyrule Castle would become. Um, let's talk about items because there are a lot of items in this game, yeah. uh, and this is like. This is the heart of Smash right here is having all these little items and like racing each other trying to get the items and everything like that. Yeah, I I think that original Smash, like the items are the most powerful here, like in terms of balance. Like the hammer is just outrageous. The hammer one. And um, the beam sword also hits way harder than it does in later games. Yeah. Um, Half the time I pick up the beam sword and then I just throw it at someone immediately because it does it does way more damage. Oh yeah. Uh, so some of the ones we get here, uh, mostly they were adapted from other Nintendo properties, mm-hmm. but we have a few original things here. Uh, so we got the Beam Sword, the Star Rod, the Fan, the Fire Flower, the Home Run Bat, the Ray Gun, Bob Bombs, the Pinball Bumper, Motion Sensor Bombs, Shells, Hammers, Hearts, Stars, and Maxim Tomatoes. Uh, and then sometimes you'll get like barrels and crates and pills that will have them in it. But my personal favorite was always the Pokeball. Yeah. Um, because they had one of 13 random Pokemon inside it, and you didn't know what it was going to do. So you could get an all-powerful Snorlax that jumps up in the air and then crushes everybody on screen. Or you get a useless little Goldeen that just kind of flops on the ground. Until so anyway. it's also <laughs> super weird that Goldeen is the worthless Pokemon when in canon Magikarp is the worthless oh, Pokemon. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they I don't know. Work. I don't know what happened with I that. I mean, Goldeen evolves into Sea uh, King, Sea King, who's mm-hmm. useless. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Magikarp evolves into Gyarados, who's literally a dragon. From That's hell. they should have like uh, done that. Of like you throw the Pokeball and you get a Magikarp, and then if you like hit it enough times, oh. it turns into a Gyarados and does something really powerful. That'd be That'd amazing. Be awesome. huh. uh, we're, there were always rumors like when I was a kid that like if you hit the Goldeen at just the right angle or something like that, or did some special movement for the Goldeen, it would turn into something... It, like, it would be a one-hit kill against somebody. Ah. See, I, I heard a little... Uh, like, a secret Easter egg that I'm pretty sure is not real. Um, but if you go onto the Saffron City map and throw a Pokeball in the door that opens before a Pokemon comes out, depending on what Pokemon is about to come out, you would get, like, a legendary Pokemon out of your Pokeball. Oh, wow. I've never seen it happen. It ah. was probably just a thing one of my friends made up. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. This is this is not a game that um, 
I feel like is rife with discoveries or content. No, like it is a it's very fundamentally contrived. sound game, yeah, it, yeah. but it's clear <laughs> that they didn't like, hey, we'll throw in all these little secrets. Um, it's not like people are still discovering things here aside from ways to sort of glitch the game out and get the maximum sort of frame frame potential in your characters by chaining together certain amounts of moves. Right, right. Like, yeah, very basic. I mean, you can replay, excuse me, some of the mini-games, uh, like the target mm-hmm. test mm-hmm. and things like that, but um, pretty limited replay appeal. But that four-player action in this game, like, we haven't even really talked about it. It is unbelievably satisfying to this it really day. Is, it's yes. there's something magical about multiplayer smash like having all your friends on a couch like playing like there's just something really special about it. Um and in some ways I don't even know if it's I wouldn't even say it's less fun than current smash. Like no, it's no. the the speed is off-putting at first and feels weird, but there's certainly plenty of times in current smash where it just feels like things go too fast and mm-hmm. are a little too chaotic, especially when you get in that four-player mode. Um, whereas this, it always feels fairly manageable. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you you usually know where you are. Generally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, well, yeah. I'm a bad example for this because I kept <laughs> yeah, getting no, so confused. Am I. Yeah, I'm just like, wait, which one am I? Oh, I just <laughs> fell. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I'm 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 the one that didn't fall. Um, we try, we tried a team mode a little bit as well, which we were still very unclear on how much like damage you could do to each other. We did a match... Well, there, you, there was a there setting was a to turn friendly fire on or off, and yeah. for whatever reason, the save data had it on. Yeah. So yeah. We, it was very hard not to hit people with friendly fire in Smash yeah. Brothers. That's what we learned. We, yeah, we kept hitting me with the hammer. Yeah, we thought something was wrong, because you two were on a team, and then me and Woody were on a team, and you guys kept accidentally beating the crap out of each other, <laughs> and we kept missing. Yeah. So but, I think But we apparently just, like, we were just bad. We just, <laughs> even, couldn't even hit each other accidentally. No, no. So we were just like, yeah, you guys are just better at it. Um... Let's talk a little bit about the sequels and the ripoffs because I love a good ripoff. <laughs> um, so there are uh, four-player fighting games like this that kind of started to arise using all sorts of different properties. Um, so we there was one called Dream Mix TV World Fighters, which came out only in Japan. That brought together characters from Hudson, Takara, and Konami. This was a game that Neil pointed us to, right? Um, oh, I think I think you made a post on the Facebook group about this game. So. Oh, I mean, I missed it. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, uh, this one has characters from uh, Hudson, Takara, and Konami, so you would get like Bomberman, Solid Snake, and Optimus Prime, like all fighting each other. Oh wow! Um, sounds fun. I would want to see Bomberman versus Optimus Prime. I'd be curious <laughs> yeah. about that. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had a version of this. So did Cartoon Network. Uh, so Shonen Jump, Nickelodeon. They all had their own takes. They weren't weren't particularly mm-hmm. good. Oh, uh, PlayStation All Stars. That's the yeah. one I was going to talk about. Yeah. That's that's one of the more notable ones. PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale, mm-hmm. uh, which came out for the PS3 and PS Vita. So the that first had Battle Royale. <laughs> the first Battle Royale. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that one had um, like uh, mostly Sony characters that uh, Kratos and Nathan Drake and Parappa the Rapper. Uh, there's a lot Ratchet of fun. Clank. I realize there's a lot of fun characters in that game. They're really right? And that game is pretty fun. Um, it has a weird mechanic where instead of trying to knock people off the stage, by hitting people you build up your own power and then you can do a finishing move and if you hit them with it, it'll be, destroy them. It's uh, weird. So It takes some getting used to and it's kind of huh. all about like just accruing damage and then ducking away and accruing damage. It's, uh, it was you, also kind of a bummer because I realized like how many cool characters Sony has that'll probably never make it into Smash. It's yeah. true. Like, they, they brought in some outside ones too, like a big daddy from Bioshock is a character in uh-huh. these. So like, he was cool. uh, oh, wow. Hey Hachi, like I said again. And he's Fat in that Princess. One. Fat Everyone pr- loves Fat Princess. <laughs> 
that's my favorite. You know. That princess and that cat, whatever its name is, Toro the cat or whatever. I don't know what game that's from. <laughs> that cat. The skeleton guy from Medieval. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah that Sly guy. Cooper was in there. Sly Cooper, no. Jack and Daxter, Ratchet. Yeah, and but Clay. those are actually good characters. Yeah, so they we were just naming off the <laughs> shit characters. Just the shit ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that was one of the more successful ones, and they did a thing that Smash Brothers would later adapt, which is like the the stage morph, mm-hmm. where uh, like the two, basically the two. Like, you'd be in Parappa the Rapper's dojo, and then a Metal Gear will smash through it midway through your fight, and it'll turn into a Metal Gear level. So that kind of happened in the new Smash Brothers. Um, And, of course, Smash would go on to have ridiculous success. Uh, Smash Brothers Melee was the best-selling game on the GameCube. Brawl, and then the, the Wii U one, which, okay... That one always bothered me that the title for that one was just Super Smash Brothers for Wii U or 3DS. We the Wii U is like the home of Nintendo somehow got like some kind of aneurysm mm. and forgot how to name games. Yeah. And you get names like New Super Mario Brothers U. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell is this game? Yeah. Like Zombie U. Zombie yeah. U. What? Yeah, yeah. They were they were adapting the sixty four formula just with U. So it you know. started when they named the system. It did. And then it all went downhill. <laughs> they were they were screwed pretty much from the get go. Yeah. Uh, and the most recent release that we've been talking about, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, that is currently, uh, it has the record as the best-selling fighting game of all time, and it's still selling more and more by the second. I wish that they, all the companies just made an agreement and said, okay, no more crossover fighting games. Like, you can have your Capcom fighting games, that's mm-hmm. it. And now all these characters from all of these other things have to get put into Smash. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It just becomes mm-hmm. a standard. Yeah. That's, yep. I think yes. everybody, every character. world. That'd be amazing. <laughs> um, I guess the one last thing I want to say about Smash is that there have been rumors of a movie. Uh, Dan Hernandez and Benji hmm. Samit, who wrote Detective really? Pikachu, uh, they've expressed some interest in writing it. They've laid out some ideas. They want kind of a big Avengers-style crossover. Uh, I think this is going to depend on how successful that animated Mario right. movie they've got is I feel is like that's be. where they need to start. They yeah. need to start there, because Detective Pikachu was a solid success, but it didn't, like... I have like blow the world serious up. I mean, Sonic just reservations it up. about that. <laughs> what do you, what do you, what do you th- I I think it could work. I mean, it 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 could either be absolutely and utterly amazing or it could be a hot dumpster fire. I have never seen a the the last the last um, utterly amazing um video game movies came out in the 90s. They unfortunately do not make utterly amazing video game movies anymore because they realized so many of them were garbage that they just try to achieve like fine. Fine. Yeah. yeah. And this so is, like we've passed. we're we're living in the era of fine of like <laughs> The uh, Tomb Raider movie. Rampage. Yeah, uh, Rampage. Detective Pikachu. Sonic. All all of these are movies that are fine. Like, they're excellent in the realm of super... But I don't know if we're going to get the level of disasters that we did. And those are are the truly amazing ones. Your Double Dragons, your Street Fighter, your Super Mario Mario Brothers movies. Oh, that movie. I think, ideally, for me, I hope that they just do, like, different Nintendo movies in different uh, mediums. So, like, we'll have a live-action Link, an animated Mario, and then we'll put them in the same movie just exactly like that and no one comments on I like it. I like that. Yeah, we'll that, just have that, like, I like. nobody bats an eye. There'll be one CGI character, one hand-drawn character and then like one Pikachu will just be around. Comes in and... Yeah, yeah, do some claymation just like a whole mixed media uh uh into the Spider-Man kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. 
I think that'd be great. But I think... Enter the Nintendoverse? Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Ooh, enter the Nintendoverse. I would do that. I would, I'm would. i writing that right now. <laughs> Trademark it now. Steve. It's going to be a 3.5 million page script. Um, so prepare awesome. for that. I will, um, I'll help read it if you would like. Oh, please. Absolutely. We'll, we'll get all everybody together and just... And we we have we have to be careful because as we've as we've established, like putting you out on the airwaves like this might be getting a lot of people pregnant. Just that is really true. Um, So anybody who has become pregnant because of my sultry voice, Mm -hmm. right into ultra sixty four gmail dot com. I am so sorry. (laughs) We we have a class action lawyer standing by. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Yeah, he can take your number. One more little note I want to put in on this game is one thing um, aside. I think that the real thing that I miss in this, too, is um, it doesn't quite feel like that love letter ode to Nintendo that sort of the later games do, especially right. Ultimate, because um, there's none of these little trophies or anything to unlock. There's no sort of backstory where you learn about what games these characters were from. Mm-hmm. There's no... I mean, I think there might be like a soundtrack mode to play the songs, but there's just not that much different music. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so... It's a very arcade experience. Yeah, yeah like the yeah. gameplay is definitely there, but it sort of misses that thing of being like, just that feeling of like, man, video games are great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you I've have... made the right choice with my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, do we have anything else to say before we move on to our letters? Um, any, any final I mean, caps? If we, if we somehow one day get us uh, an Avengers style, like a multiple movie culmination to a Smash Brothers movie, I, I don't. I, I'm trying to think of. You the have way. no words. And like, I want to be excited, but at the same time, I'm probably just going to shake my head. Um, I think we've got a ways to go yeah. before uh, yeah. before we see any sign of that. But, you know, Man. it's not a terrible idea. Um, it just has to be executed properly. Yeah, exactly. Just just right. Like a like a chimp named Dweeb executing somebody. <laughs> yes. um, I perfect. mean, you can't go wrong with a chimp named Dweeb. You can't. You can't. Uh, let's move on to our rankings before we get to the letters. So each week we are ranking the games that we just played. Y'all are lucky. You only have one game on the list. So Woo-hoo. I hope you like Smash because <laughs> it's your number one game and your bottom game as well. All right. Works so, for me. It's yeah. the best and the worst. It was a, it was a, it's, a real, uh, it's a real tale of two cities up yes. in here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you putting Sure. Um, Smash Brothers is great. It's fun times. Um, it's still, I think it... It's definitely one of the best multiplayer games on the system. Yeah. It does feel like it chugs a little bit in the same way that Goldeneye feels like it chugs. But much like Goldeneye, it's still a lot of fun. Mm. Putting it number 11 on my list, which is right under Rayman 2. Wow. And right ahead of F-Zero. Guess what? We put it in pretty much the exact same spot, uh, except mine's number 12. Uh, I'm putting it right under Rayman 2 and right ahead of Star Fox 64. <laughs> okay. Um, I think I, I think this game's phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, it, it hasn't... Like, it's pretty amazing to go back and just immediately recognize it and oh, see yeah. that, like, they had their shit together so much for this early game, and they've just kind of kept refining it and refining it from here. So, yeah, uh, Super Smash Brothers, unsurprisingly, terrific game. Uh, let's move on to the letters because we have so many, and they're amazing this week. Uh, I'm going to read these first two because they're both kind of asking a similar question, okay. and then I'll, I'll pose a question to you guys. Uh, so this first one. Hey, Steve, Woody, and guests. Oh, yes, guys. they do. Hi there. Well, well, did you guys write this letter? <laughs> no, I did not. What are you talking about? <laughs> I have spent the last several months student teaching, and one of the topics that came up frequently between myself and a few of the students was what characters should be added to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. We would toss out some ones that would be utterly ridiculous and some that would be probable, but I enjoyed making a most wanted list after these conversations. 
Here's my short list of characters. My criteria was a combination of who I'd like to see, the plausibility of Nintendo adding the character, a character that would be fun to play as, and one that came from underrepresented games or series. So his picks in this are Rayman, uh, Andy from Advance Wars, <laughs> Ty the Tasmanian Tiger, Prehistoric Man, Whoa. with a K, <laughs> and uh, Mumbo from Ban- Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, okay. So uh, it's a during the Clay Fighter I don't know episode. if Mumbo has the same appeal that he once did. Yeah, <laughs> his his Ecompokums <laughs> don't quite land the same. Not so much. <laughs> uh, during the Clay Fighter episode, you guys suggested that Bad Mr. Frosty could be the next fighter added. Mm. Do you have any other most wanted from uh, some of the obscure N64 games on your list or any that you want in general? Keep up the good work on the pod, guys. And that is from Elliot. Thank you, Elliot. Thanks, um, Elliot. Thank let you. me segue into this next question, too, because it's similar. Uh, hello, similar, <laughs> we mean the same. Yeah. Hello, Steve and Dr. Worm. Did you? Whoa. I don't remember you getting the nickname Dr. Worm. When did you Well, do this? I was talking about how I was playing it on Rock Band a lot. Okay, and okay. So, <laughs> Well, I guess it's canon now. They call call me Dr. Worm. Dr. Worm. Good morning. How are you? I'm Dr. Worm. Uh, While the roster of the modern version of Smash has a much deeper roster than the 64 version, what character do you still want to see added, ignoring Waluigi? Uh, Mine is Dry Bones, since he's my go-to in Mario Kart, and I think it would be interesting to have a small character who could take that much damage. Thanks, and keep playing those racing games so we don't have to. And that's from Benjamin. Dry Bones is like the deepest of deep cuts. That's a deep Nintendo <laughs> cut, yeah. Um, so thank you for the, these uh, yeah, two similar ones. I wanted to read them together. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about this. Who do we want to see in Smash? I was I was actually thinking about that. Yeah. And there's two games that I would love to be able to see characters from Smash in. Okay. Um, and they're two of my favorite genres from, from the Nintendo era, and it is uh, Breath of Fire Oh. or Secret of Mana. Do you, want, okay. you want the monkey with the really long arms from Breath of Fire that, that you could be, like reach and pull? That would be phenomenal. <laughs> okay. I don't know. What's the name of? Does the main character in Secret of Mana have a name, or no, do you just he's name called him? Boy. Okay. Boy. His his name in the game before you name him is Boy. Oh. I, I mean, I guess you get Dragon Warrior Hero, so it's yeah. not that different. <laughs> I mean, these are yeah, those are two series that I really haven't touched much at all. Oh, so, I mean, uh, Secret of Mana would be good because he's got all those built-in weapons. Well, so he's got like, the built-in weapons and it could give Nintendo the option to add all the espers and all that stuff, <laughs> so it gives you more items and, and bullshit to just throw and hit. And it's a kill. Pandora's box. It's oh, pretty yeah. much, it's a Pandora's box of, of anything, so based on the combos, different <laughs> weapons, all that kind of fun stuff. And Those the great Breath of Fire guy, you can turn into a dragon. So. I, I love that. We need more characters. So far, we only have one character that turns into a dragon. I know. We need more dragons. Less swords. More dragons. Less yeah. swords. More dragons. <laughs> I feel like... That's my battle champ. They've, um... Once they opened the door and, like, started putting, like, Sonic and Snake and, um... Pac-Man. Terry yeah. Bogard and stuff like this. I don't want Nintendo characters in there anymore. Because Nintendo characters are so well represented. Yeah. That, like... I want things that represent other companies who've had this big impact. So, like, it's awesome that Sonic is in there. Mm-hmm. I love that they put an SNK character in there. Mm. He's not really the guy I would have gone for, but, like, I don't care. No, I right. just want, like, a representation of each of these kind of different big companies and eras, mm-hmm. and we're probably not going to get a Sony one. So the three that I came up with here um, that I think represent other companies and that are underrepresented here is the first one is Bonk. Um, <laughs> from nice. the uh, from the Turbo Graphics games, I love um, that answer. I mean, Turbo Graphics was like a decent competitor. It was one of the big three at some point, and he, he like, appeared on a Nintendo system. Yeah, right? he did. That game on a Super yeah, NES? he yeah. did. Bonk um, was like the little. He's like a little caveman. The caveman. He's like yeah. Yeah. Bald head. yeah, and so oh, you would yeah. jump yes, and yes, flip yes. around and bounce on things with your head. So I'd oh, love to goodness. see Bonk. Um, the next one is Guybrush Threepwood. Oh, that's um, a good one from the Lucas Arts, the Monkey Excellent. Island games. I. 
I don't quite know what his moveset would be, but you you get so many weird items just in that game. I'm sure oh. that they could have some kind of deep cut. Is there a point where you, like, attach a frog to a stick to solve yeah. a puzzle yeah. or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so, like, just as down B pulls out some random item that does some weird effect. Yeah, um, that'd be awesome. His super could be that giant, like, monkey mech from the end of uh, the fourth game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or just a giant monkey head falls down. And yeah. then the other one, you know, there's been a lot of talk about and a lot of there's been a lot of great suggestions. I would love Ryu Hayabusa from Ninja Gaiden. Be awesome if there was a micro, if Master Chief was in there or something, oh, or yeah. Doom Guy. Mm -hmm. But I think one that is is achievable, which I haven't heard come up very much, is Lara Croft. Oh shit, uh, that would be. Oh, I mean, damn. she oh, plays be... somewhat similar to Bayonetta, I think. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. but she seems like a huge oversight because she's yeah. just a a gigantic character represents a. I mean, not physically. Yeah, she's really yeah. pretty petite, but yeah, yeah. Um, she represents a different... She's sort of PlayStation iconic, but I don't think she's owned by Sony. No, not so anymore. That, all the new games are multi-platform. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that that is the one that That's should happen. That would be an yeah. amazing. Yeah. Keith, what are your picks? Um, well, I don't know. Uh, uh, just say Tingle. Tingle? Oh, my goodness. Um, no, <laughs> when you first asked me this question, like, I don't know why my gut went straight to uh, the Pokeball guy in the new Sword and Shield games. Oh, yeah, the guy with the, the giant Pokeball head, oh, and he's like, yeah, you like Pokeballs, right? Me, this he... Pokeball helps you catch a Pokemon in a cave. Pokeballs! <laughs> just his, like, like blind enthusiasm. Yeah, that guy's thing. great. Like, I don't know why I would love to see him he should at least be in a. He should be an assist trophy, and then he just comes out and throws pokeballs yeah. everywhere. That, oh, like, oh, like a fountain of just random Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Um, awesome. Him or pretty much just any character from Overwatch. Oh, I, I oh play, yeah, I a Blizzard Overwatch character would be awesome. Would be amazing. And I think like, and Blizzard has pretty much said like you can have your pick. Like take anybody. We want Overwatch yeah. in there. Yeah. And th there's so many good choices to oh my goodness those the are potential battle those toads. are amazing yeah be battle battle toads. Toads. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple of my picks like uh, I second Rayman I think that's a great pick it's kind of crazy he hasn't been on here yet mm -hmm. um, I think Ubisoft is underrepresented so I'd like to see Ezio yeah. from Assassin's oh, Creed 2 yeah. uh, I would like to see um, Chell from the Portal series uh, or alternately you Chell could would be interesting yeah that's the character's name in Portal that's yeah. her name uh, alternately you can use the two mechs from Portal 2 uh, mm. Peabody and Atlas like as they might be more recognizable mm -hmm. um, Lolo and Lala from Adventures of Lolo I think would be fun <laughs> kind of a deep howl cut and then I'd like to see a couple of uh, rare characters from the N64 like Conker uh, mm. The mechs from Blast Corps, uh, Jet Force Gemini, uh, that whole crew. No, you have to be you have to be the little guy from Blast Corps, oh. and then you can the down B is like you transform into different vehicles <laughs> and you're driving around in the dump oh, truck. Oh, he can play like Pokemon Master. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. And finally, my last pick on this, uh, Batman. I think Batman <laughs> yeah. should be in this. He's a, he's a video could, game staple. Yeah, he uh, could it, definitely. Are, be in it. But I do think that part of the criteria that they've put down is that the characters have to have originated in video games. Oh, And I think they've okay. stuck to that. Okay, so. okay, that's yeah, that fair. Makes sense. Um, well, awesome. Thank you for those letters, guys. Uh, we still have a few more letters here, but uh, they're not related to those questions. I like the way you said that, like the listener was just like turning it off right like, now. Yeah, that's, 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 that's all I need. Go, go ahead. Come back, there's more, there's more. Um, so this next letter comes from Dakota. 
Uh, it doesn't say which, north which or one? south. Oh, yeah, okay. it doesn't say. Yeah. I think it's East Dakota. <laughs> um, hey, I found out about this podcast when Michael Raparez teased the GoldenEye episode on Video Game Apocalypse. Thank you, Michael. Uh, after learning about a podcast dedicated to the N64, it took me no time flat to devour nearly every episode. I love what you guys do, and thank you for it. I'm really looking forward to an episode on Body Harvest. Thanks again, Stephen Woody. Much love, Dakota. Thank you. That's Thanks, very nice. I, I love just getting nice letters. <laughs> I don't know, it's just nice. Um, this next one is a little bit longer. It's a little intense, but I am into it. It's a little less it. nice. Oh, a little less nice. Oh, God. No. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, hey, Woody and Steve. Whoa, he said my name first. Oh, my God. Oh, I've been usurped. Um, over the multiple racing sim episodes, you have both asked for someone who likes racing sims to explain what they see in the genre yes. and why it isn't the incredibly boring games you seem to find them. <laughs> I, it seems no one has volunteered for this before, so I guess it'll be me. Uh, my goal is to offer that perspective while also acknowledging that your perception of them as tedious and frustrating is an entirely valid reaction to these games. This won't be a defense of any particular game. I hate the NASCAR games too. Fucking boring. But as a defense of the genre as a whole. I could start this by talking about how growing up, having a dad that was passionate about cars. Is this written by the same guy who wrote that fan fiction that's three three million words? Yes. (laughs) Brace yourself. Uh, I could start by uh, this by talking about growing up having a dad that was passionate about cars and racing and stuff. But that shit's boring and not really an argument. So I'll skip that. Fundamentally, playing a racing sim isn't about having fun so much as a certain kind of pursuit of perfection. Memorizing braking zones, racing lines, working on the settings for all of your all for the quest mm. of shaving fractions of a second off your lap times is the reason people play them. Mm. I remember playing Gran Turismo with my dad and friends, swapping off the steering wheel during pit stops, just trying to eke out fractions of a second off the best posted time in the endurance race. And I think it's here that the fun is found. Trying to push deeper into a corner before having to slam on the brakes, finding a faster line, having to improvise your cornering line in order to pass other racers, these are the points of triumph that we look for in these games. And since it's that pursuit of perfection and mastery over a realistic car that's at the heart of this, I always get a kick over your guys' perceptions over these or perspectives over these games. For example, Woody wanting some kind of catch-up mechanic when you crash into a wall. Dude, have you ever seen a motorsport where someone plows into a wall <laughs> at 150 miles per hour and comes back to win it? No, I haven't, but can we agree that that would make it more exciting? That'd be amazing. <laughs> like, and yeah, like I guess you could add an option for making the other cars only like 90% as fast as yours, but would you really feel a sense of accomplishment beating AI cars that you've kneecapped? Yes. Yeah. I would. In many yeah. of these games, we would. My point yeah. here is that you're just saying, uh, isn't just saying get out and get good, LOL. It's as much as emphasizing that these are, first and foremost, simulation games, mm-hmm. a narrow yet popular niche game. And I do agree that the onerous amount of foreknowledge is kind of required in these games. How to take a corner properly, what adjustments to a car will do what. And while some sims try to do this a little more understandably, like Gran Turismo, most of them don't even try to make the game less arcane. Mm. So to sum up, Listening to you guys talk about racing sims is like listening to someone who hates being scared talk about watching scary movies. <laughs> Why do they have to be scary, though? Why aren't there any more <laughs> musical numbers to kind of make them more fun and scary? Uh, and that's, uh, that's from Hoyt. Thank you, Hoyt, Hoyt for very... Uh, that was a very articulate, well-put uh, I would, letter. I would and, definitely uh, watch more horror movies if they had musical breaks in the middle. I definitely I, need that. That would be fantastic. Oh, 100%. I agree. I think Hoyt's points... Hoyt's points. Hoyt's points. Um, I think those your podcast title. Pieces, Hoyt. Yeah, um, Hoyt's points. Are all very well thought out and I think actually make a lot of sense and that's sort of I think you and I don't have that taste like I don't think we go for a lot of games where the goal is to really get into that minutia and figure out sort of all the better systems and really like get deep in there we're more of like 
play through a game, see the experience, and then like move on to the next one. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, we we have huge, huge catalogs of games to work through. So it's kind of like I, I don't even games I really like. I don't often spend time mm. trying to perfect them. But I do think that's an excellent explanation for those games. That is, absolutely. Yeah, it's extremely, absolutely. It's extremely good. We have one last letter here, and this one's delightful. Uh, not that the others weren't. Uh, hello, Stephen Woody. Yes, back on top. Uh, ultra fan of the podcast here. Thank you. I heard that you were going to review Super Smash Brothers, and I had to write in. As kids, me and my friends were big fans of multiplayer on the N64. We Who played games it? like GoldenEye and Diddy Kong Racing, and even the bad games like Nagano Winter Olympics. <laughs> we found the one who bought oh, it. No. <laughs> um, as long wow. as it was four players, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. Super Smash Brothers was always in the rotation, though, and I have a particular memory associated with it I would like to share. The year was 1999, (laughs) and I just stayed up all night playing Super Smash Bros. at my friend's 14th birthday party. My father picked me up the next morning, and as we drove home, he asked me how my night was. Instead of saying my typical teenage response of good and leaving it at that, I was so excited about the game, I said, the foreplay action was amazing. (laughs) I thought I'd just come up with an awesome abbreviation. But as I saw my father's face turn to awkward panic, I knew I'd said something wrong. And when he explained to me what that word meant and that I may not want to use it to describe my night with a bunch of other boys, I was so embarrassed I considered jumping from a moving vehicle. (laughs) To this day, I can't play a Smash Brothers game without thinking about this. Anyway, just wanted to share a funny memory and say thanks for all the nostalgic N64 talk for you all us gamers stuck in the 90s. And that is from Jared. Thanks, Jared. Um, that's pretty oh, funny. That's, thanks, Jared. That's that makes me think of I mean, uh, <laughs> foreplay for with the boys isn't necessarily a bad. Thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I was gonna say yeah. I mean, I th- it's, it's whatever. You know, for some people, foreplay with the boys is exactly it's, what you're looking it's for. Quite entertaining. It's it's quite a, it's <laughs> at it's, least there's foreplay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it could be none at all. It could be no foreplay, and then it's just boring. I, I still think of uh, my friend's dad, like, m- my favorite story about him is that, like, he was, uh, uh, my, my friend was tenderizing a steak while, like, with a hammer while his sister was trying to sleep in the next room. So she comes out and starts yelling at him, and uh, their dad comes to intervene, and he says, what's going on? And she says, he's beating the meat too loud, I can't sleep. And so his dad just kind of like, uh, his dad just kind of rolled with it. He's like, hey, hey, it takes me like five minutes to beat my meat. I don't know why you're taking so long beating your wow. meat. And you have to keep it so loud your sister's trying to sleep. Yeah, wow. So, so I, I love it. That's amazing. That's an unflappable dad. Oh, my God. Okay, y'all, we are, we are, we're running long. Thank oh. you uh, so much to Jordan and Keith. I've been wanting to have you guys on here forever. Well, so thank you thank for being you. here. And we got to play Smash Bros. with four people, which Woo-hoo. makes oh it God. much, much more fun. When much, I heard much we were playing fun. Smash, I was so excited. I was like oh. slightly nervous to come on, but at the same time, I knew we were going to be playing Smash, so I was like, oh, it's It's, been it's, a it's worth it. Well, worth it. We were so worth it. absolutely delighted to have you guys on. Um, Thank you. Thank next you week, we've, we've got a couple of treats for you. Firstly, um, we've, we've got a little surprise. We've got a little bonus episode that we're going to be giving out to you folks. So... Um, a little explanation. Over on our Patreon, that's patreon.com slash ultra64pod, we have a $50 superstar tier. And if you uh, take three months at that tier, then you get to come on and guest on a show and talk about any non-Nintendo 64 game that you want. So one of our patrons, uh, uh, an awesome guy named Jordan Collins, selected Super Smash Brothers Melee. And we recorded that episode a couple weeks ago. And we are going to be dropping that this week as a special bonus to all of you. 
Uh, so thanks, Jordan Collins, for putting this out there. And you're you can, gonna get. You can also thank him because since he selected Melee, we're like, well, we better play regular Smash. Exactly. So we brought you this episode sooner. We goosed it up. We yeah. goosed it up. So uh, y'all listeners are gonna be getting a double dose of Super Smash Brothers this week. So keep an eye on your uh, podcast feed for that. <laughs> The action news with Steve <laughs> <Company>. <laughs> featuring um, Ultra 64 updates. And, and you're also going to be getting a regular episode next week as well. And it's going to be decidedly less exciting <laughs> because we're going to be playing Triple Play 2000, Bottom of the Ninth, and Mike Piazza's Strike Zone. That's right. We are going back to baseball. I forgot this was even a sport. Closing out baseball entirely. So uh, we'll, we'll try and have some fun with that one. Uh, so tune in for that next week. We got a triple play of baseball and we got a Super Smash Brothers Melee episode coming to y'all. And uh, if any of you out there want to join up on that uh, Patreon, even, even if not on that high tier, you can do that. Ultra64pod at patreon.com. Thank you, everybody. Uh, I am going to now uh, grab all of you and throw you off a cliff. There goes wedding. That's my uh, <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> together I can't see